This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So of all the reasons to be bearish on the U.S. dollar and bearish on much of the U.S. economy over the long term, as well as to be bullish on silver and gold. There's one reason that seems to always just keep popping up, and that is the U.S. national debt. And we're getting another reminder of that this morning. This is from Zero Hedge Fitch, which is one of the major uh, rating agencies. There's, there's Fitch, Moody's, and, and S&P. Uh, threatens to cut U.S. credit rating as debt ceiling battle looms. Now, of course, currently in the United States, uh, benefits from a triple A rating, which might be a bit unexpected when you look at things like the debt to GDP ratio. Of course, that's over 100% as of right now. The total national debt is uh, getting pretty close to, to $22 trillion. But Fitch is uh, threatening or, or ta- is talking about a p- possible cut to that rating, which would have huge implications. This has happened before when, when S&P cut it back in, I, I believe, 2011, and, and they'll go over that later on in this article, 2011, uh, when the U.S. was going back and forth over their debt ceiling. Um, that had huge implications for silver and gold as well as uh, as, as U.S. economy and, and the bond market. Um, now, this isn't the first time that they've more recently warned one of these major ratings, rating agencies about the national debt and downgrading the United States, as it says here at the end. Uh, Moody's actually warned back in 2018, January 2018, right after the Trump tax cuts went into effect, uh, that, that they potentially might downgrade because of the effect that that would have on the debt. Now, in the whole scheme of things, $1.5 trillion is the number that they put on, on the increase in the budget deficit because of the tax cuts uh, over 10 years. Now, in the whole scheme of things, that's, that's, that's a lot of money. But I think we're going to have much, much bigger fish to fry here in the future, especially once the economy slows down. But I do want to uh, talk about this, this news from Fitch and also point out some just some really interesting, almost confounding things that they're kind of saying right here. This is coming from, uh, let's see here, James McCormick of Fitch. Global head of sovereign ratings, James McCormick, warned of a possible cut to its AAA rating for the U.S. sovereign should the shutdown continue to march, noting that the shutdown and debt ceiling battle are adding to anxieties triggered by President Trump's tax cuts and spending hikes, which have blown out the budget deficit and led to a meaningful fiscal deterioration. Quote, I think people are looking at the CBO numbers. If people take the time to look at those, at that, you can see debt levels move, moving higher. You can see the interest burden in the U.S. government moving decidedly higher over the next decade. James McCormick, uh, okay, he told this, this was on CNBC. There needs to be some kind of fiscal adjustment to offset that, or the deficit itself moves higher, and you're essentially borrowing money to pay interest on that debt. So there is a meaningful fiscal deterioration there going on in the United States. Now, now, what's interesting is he quotes the CBO here. Now, as a ratings agency, I think it would make sense to me to take a, a level-headed approach to this, to look at this from a variety of angles and have the best information available. And the CBO is not the best information available. They have proved that time and time again. You can look at these Congressional Budget Office reports 
going far, far back into the past. And, and to some extent, they're constrained, right? The CBO doesn't generally put out uh, uh, predictions on when the next recession will be or unexpected increases to, to the, the U.S. Uh, budget and, 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 of course, the deficit. They don't generally put that out there. And so what you get from the CV, CBO is a, is a pretty bleak picture of, of the future, but still not a very realistic one. It's, it's not bleak enough, in my opinion, because there's, there's not a ton of hope in the U.S. economy to have some major growth event that, that uh, brings in a ton of taxes and all of a sudden the, the deficit is, is shrinking significantly, um, whereas the, the likelihood of a recession in the next year, next two years, it's actually pretty high. In fact, J.P. Morgan recently put at something like 60%, one of their analysts, uh, based on the S&P, the yield curve, and uh, uh, U.S. economic data, right? That's over the next year, next 12 months. And so uh, you got to use the correct numbers, the correct methodology, and you have to, to some extent, play devil's advocate on this. You have to you can't be eternally bearish, right? You can't o- or, or always assume the worst case scenario or anything like that, right? As as uh, as as a um, the sovereign rating, global head of sovereign ratings of, of Fitch. No, you can't take quite that approach. But you do have to realize that the CBO consistently underestimates the increase to to to, to the national debt. They also consistently miss recessions because it's not in their job description. That's just not something they do, right? Um, so you need to use better data here. And, and he says basically it's going to move higher over the next decade and that the, the fiscal picture has gotten decidedly worse. Meaningful fiscal deterioration is the words he uses. I, you know, I would I would tend to agree. Um, now, the, the mistake that I think a lot of people are going to make here, unfortunately, is is assume that this is all Trump, which is not. I mean, he he walked in on basically a twenty dollar twenty trillion dollar deficit, more or less. Uh, it, it might have been slightly less than that, but but basically twenty trillion. Um, and so he already deal he already had to deal with all of that interest expense. And you know, if anything, over over the time he's been in, in office, he he has cut taxes, which does lead to obviously a higher deficit, um, even even with with the extra taxes you're bringing in. Um, so it's, you know, it's great for us, I guess, that, that we get a tax cut. But on the other hand, we're, we're going to pay for that eventually through inflation or through other means because of, of the how it affected national debt. Um, but I don't think he, he deserves all the blame for this in, in his first uh, uh, year. Uh, what is it? A little over a year of, of almost two years now of presidency. Um, a lot of this was, was kind of baked into the cake. This eventual decline, this eventual kind of speeding up this process of, of the deficit and everything. Um, he, maybe he's made it worse, not just through Trump tax cuts, but also just not through through being all that fiscally sound. You know, he put, what's his name, uh, Mick Mulvaney as as a uh, uh, one of his key figures in his, his uh, not key, but one of his figures in his cabinet. And, 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 you know, that guy who was supposedly a major fiscal conservative, he's you know, maybe just failed to really move uh, Trump and his administration's direction too far, which is unfortunate. Um, but but the truth of the matter is that this, you know, he, he's talking here about um, two different things here. He's talking about, A, the uh, the, the, the debt ceiling talks and, and eventually how that's going to deteriorate. We have it down here. 
Uh, McCormick later added that Fitch would need to seriously consider a cut if the shutdown continues. If this shutdown continues to March 1st and the debt ceiling becomes a problem several months later, we may need to start thinking about the policy framework, the inability to pass a budget, and whether all that is consistent with AAA. From a rating point of view, it is the debt ceiling that is problematic. And that's what really confuses me because from a ratings view, yes, I get it. The debt ceiling is problematic. But the whole debt structure in the first place is problematic. Like extremely problematic. Like I don't care if, if they shut down the if, if if they end the shutdown of the government tomorrow and the very next day they, they get a little bit of work done ahead of time and, and lift the debt ceiling to, to some other meaningful level. It's just not an issue. And all of a sudden Congress is working uh uh like like a well oiled machine. It doesn't matter if all that happens. Of course that's not gonna happen, but if I was Fitch, I would still downgrade the, the U.S. government because this is not sustainable. As I said, if we move into a recession, a meaningful economic downturn, which we are likely to in the near future, it's, it's, it's I don't want to say game over because people have probably used that term back when the debt was at $10 trillion, but But the gap between $22 trillion and $32 trillion, it's going to be eaten up like that. I'm talking a matter of years because of increased expenses at the federal level to to try and and fix the problem, to to try and stimulate growth, as well as decreased outflows and and who knows whatever else, uh, stimulus package, bailout package, etc. Massive amount of spending with a decreased amount of revenue. And people over the short term, they might not care. Like back in 2008, people cared, but but at the end of the day, they were basically like, well, we got to deal with this problem. This is short term. We, we got to fix this. We can't worry about things like deficits, right? Those things definitely won't matter in the future. So why should we worry about them now? Well, this, this next time around, I don't think it's going to go over quite as smoothly. I think that the downgrades to the credit rating are going to happen. They should happen. The deficits are going to be out of control. You know, in fact, I, I brought this data over here for you guys. Uh, this is from uh, the Fed. But it's more or less accurate. Um, total public debt. I mean, this is this is kind of self-explanatory. But even over the last ten years, uh, just a steady increase, always moving up, always moving up. Um, now, debt to GDP, it's actually stabilized to some extent. And what I want to do here is I'll I'll make it this century. All right. But what I'm talking about here, and and I mean, look at this. I mean, since uh, Let's say, you know, since 2013, when it, you know, kind of topped out at 101 for the short term there, it actually came back down. And, and since then, it's only at like 104%. It's not a huge increase. But you got to remember that that the only reason that this is fairly steady is because of the, the, the economic growth we've had over that time period. And even that is certainly questionable. But even if we assume it's it's legitimate, I mean, this 3% increase, that's not huge. But what I'm talking about here is this period, right? Quarter one of 2008, we're at 64. In fact, uh, yeah, quarter two, we're around 64 as well. By the end of quarter four, uh, sorry, what is this? Quarter two of 2008, by quarter two of 2009, we're at 80%. By quarter two of 2010, we're at 88%. By quarter two of 2011, we're at 92%. You know, you see how quickly that spiral out of control. That was a 64 to a 92% move. It's a 28% increase in, in the debt to GDP ratio in three, uh, what was that, three years, right? So we're talking 
2022, we we could quarter one of 2022, we could be at what what did I say 28%. So we could be at uh, you know 100 and what 32%. My math, yeah, I think my math's right on that. 132%. That's how quickly this could, and it could be much much worse than that. Um, I'm just not so so much sold on on the fact that that people are going to accept it over the short term like they did back then. There was, I'm sure, opposition to it. But in the end of the day, they basically said, well, it's politically expedient and economically uh, necessary. It's necessary to, to the economy. Um, and the other problem that, that that this James McCormick is noting, so he's talking two different things here. He's talking about the interest rate expense, but he's also talking about the, the debt ceiling. Now, the debt ceiling, I get it. It's concerning and everything, but... You should really be worried more about this interest rate long term, and this is reason enough to downgrade. I think the credit. I, I couldn't find a graph that I really liked for it, but basically this is directly from uh, this is what TreasuryDirect.gov. So this is information from the government. And this puts in perspective of the increase in interest rate expenses. How much the U.S. is paying basically uh, to to pay the interest on on their credit card balance basically on, on their debt right and 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 i'll keep in mind I'll, I'll allow you to keep in mind that the the u.s uh debt uh the the yield on on bonds over time has steadily gone down until you know recently 2016 17 where it's started to go up somewhat and and that's very damaging to this but as a whole you know going back to 2000 or however far back this goes in the 88 the interest rate has been going down on that bond and yet Steadily, the interest rate expense has been going up, right? We're talking 214 billion back in 1988, which sounds like a lot for back then, but I'll remind you, the interest rate was very high. And today we're at 523 billion with a far, far lower interest rate. What happens if that interest rate goes up? And that's another thing you got to keep in mind in this next recession. Not only will Fitch, Moody's, S&P downgrade the U.S. Uh, credit rating, but also... What happens if the the bond market doesn't rally in the way that it usually does when the stock market crashes? What if the bond market, um, you know, as as these deficits, as as investors realize these deficits are going to be blown out, we're talking two, three trillion dollars a year. What happens if they don't buy it, and all of a sudden yields start to rise in a recessionary environment? That's that 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 warrants even more downgrades, in my opinion. Um, again, going back to what I said at the beginning of this video, there's one thing that just keeps coming up as to why I, I am just so dead set on precious metals being part of, of my my picture, my financial picture going forward, and so dead set on why why the U.S. economy and the U.S. dollar have a serious headwind right now. And that's national debt, and it's only going to get stronger. In fact, I don't, I don't see a situation where the, where the, where all of a sudden this headwind can disappear with, without uh, both of those things uh, either disappearing or, or, or just being in a, in a really tough spot. The U.S. dollar and the U.S. economy in the future. So, anyways, I hope you enjoyed this video. I, 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 I think this is certainly newsworthy, um, and it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, of course, the shutdown is active as of right now, the 9th of, of January. Uh, we'll see where it's at in March with, with the, uh, I would be surprised if the shutdown ends between now and then. But again, it's, it's, it should be concerning that this type of partisanship exists in, in Congress. It's not surprising. But 
if if you are if somebody like James McCormick and you're worried about our creditworthiness, about the debt ceiling, then this type of part, partisanship should, should be concerning. So as always, you know, if you want to help out my channel, and the, the number one thing you can do is is watch this video. So thank you for that. Or listen to this podcast if you are over in podcast world. Thank you. I mean, you uh, again, to, to all my viewers here on YouTube, which is most of my audience, I am over on most podcast platforms if, you, if you're interested in that as well. You know, Android, iTunes, Google, Pocket Cast, CastBox, Spotify. I'm probably forgetting some other ones. But uh, you certainly can check me out over there as well. Uh, and and I, I appreciate you listening wherever you are. So thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video, listening to this podcast, and God bless.